0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: What's going on y'all, it's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode of the Hunt Stand Podcast. On today's episode, we're gonna be talking about Pass It On Outdoor Mentors. And some of y'all may have heard of this organization, others may not have, but this is a new corporate partnership for us here at Hunt Stand. So we're gonna use this podcast as a way to announce this partnership. But what we're also gonna do is, we're gonna talk about what Pass It On Outdoor Mentors does, who they are, and we're gonna be talking with their vice president, Brittany French, and what exactly entails everything with passing on outdoors who she is how she got into hunting her story and we'll go down a couple rabbit holes but we just want to thank y'all for tuning in hunt stand podcast you got lots of choices out there if you haven't yet make sure you download the hunt stand app today we've got the free version the pro version and the new this fall we have our pro whitetail version that's got a ton of new Tools that are specific to whitetail hunting, and so you want to make sure you have that before you step out in the whitetail woods this fall. If you want, head on down to the link down below in the description of this podcast, and you can find the link to upgrade to Pro Whitetail today. So I'm gonna quit rambling. We're gonna get to Brittany French here, and we're gonna talk deer hunting, pass it on, outdoor mentors, in a couple rabbit holes. I'm gonna quit rambling, and this is the Hunt Stand Podcast. We thank y'all for tuning in. All right, <laughs> well, you ready to get this thing going? All right. Well, Brittany, first and foremost, we want to welcome you to the Hunt Stand podcast. So, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with us today.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Will. We're pretty excited to be here.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We're we're excited to get you here. We're excited to partner with y'all and uh, just start with a bunch of different things. But one of the things I like to do to get this podcast started is I like for the guests to give our listeners kind of that, what I call the 30-foot tree stand view. So kind of like that overall 30,000-foot view, bird's eye view of who you are.
2: I like that. Tree stand view, not the elevator pitch, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Try not to make it too used car salesman, right?
2: Yeah, well, we are the Pass It On Outdoor Mentors Program. Mm-hmm. We are a nonprofit organization uh, with a mission to get kids out hunting, fishing, and enjoying outdoor recreation through mentorship.
1: I love it. Now, how did you how did you find yourself working for Pass It On, or how did you get there?
2: Yeah, I have a, a neat story that I really like to share. So I actually started in this organization as a volunteer okay. in 2015. Yep. Um, so that was kind of fun. I was in the middle of college, 21 years of age, working at Big Brothers, Big Sisters and as an intern, mm-hmm. uh, kind of trying to figure out what my next steps were, grad school, not grad school, you name it, right? And our program president and CEO, Mike Christensen, popped into my cubicle one day and said, hey, I heard you're from Western Kansas and you like to hunt and fish. Do you want to take some kids out? I thought, oh, okay, why not? And sure <laughs> enough, I went out turkey hunting that season for the first time. And I mean, it was just an incredible experience. I I truly, um, got a lay of a land I didn't know existed. And that was so many kids out there not knowing what the outdoors were.
1: It's, it's pretty insane. I've, I have found that and, uh, you know, it's, it's always fun to get them introduced I worked I used to work in an archery shop in my past life and one of the things we did was down here in Texas was we worked with Texas parks and wildlife and we were trying and get kids adults anybody who hadn't hunted before or had the experience we'd get them in and do hunter's education and very similar stuff to what y'all do
2: yeah, it's so important. I remember taking out. Um, it was turkey season. We were going to like Harveyville, Kansas. So yeah. It It's a real town, like very little service. <laughs> and I didn't really, you know, grow up turkey hunting at all. To be mm-hmm. honest, so I was really just more or less a a body in the blind to help mentor a young girl. We had another guide with us in this situation. Yeah. So didn't quite know what to expect, but again, now <laughs> talking about not under not realizing there is a whole other world out there of kids who mm-hmm. don't know the outdoors we're driving through the Flint Hills and this young boy is just freaking out, looking out the window, asking me what this animal was, you know, Brittany, what is that? What is that? What is that? I was like, I think that's just a cow, bud. Like <laughs> I, I, I kind of was like, well, maybe I missed something. You know, we are in the Flint Hills. There's other wildlife. So I kind of pull over cause we're taking our time and sure enough, it was just a, a black, black beef cow. I mean, just, that's what it was. And I told him, I said, Hey bud, that's like, you know, hamburger meat. And I could just see the humility run through his face. Like, Oh, like I should have known that, but I don't think he had any idea that, like, outside of black and white dairy cows, that there were different species of cows mm-hmm. and different ways to cows. And I've literally called that my "holy cow" moment because I thought <laughs> privileged am I to, to know all these things, to experience all these things, mm-hmm. um, and there's so many out there that that don't. So it's just it's so much fun uh, creating that safe space for these kids to get outdoors and just you know, witness the forest coming alive in the morning or flushing their first pheasant or quail and and watching their eyes get all big. I mean, it's just, it's priceless.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, you you really can't put a price on that. Just being able to see that. But like you said, kind of talking about your, your holy cow moment, um, that's definitely a dad joke. So that's something (laughs) I would say, but it's, you know, talking about your holy cow moment, it's, uh, it's crazy to think that how many kids grow up because their parents may not do it or their parents never did or their parents may not be able to afford it. Or, you know, there's really not an opportunity because they live in a big city or just whatever their situation is. And, you know, us, we're in the industry and you don't think about that until you actually run across Mm -hmm. that. And that's where I think a lot of roots or a lot of, a lot of root of the problem starts with, you know, so much misunderstanding in a world with people that are against hunting and all that. And it's when a kid finally gets to see where their meat comes from or getting to experience what they do with y'all, it's a it's a whole nother level.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love the ability to be able to teach a kid firearm safety and mm-hmm. just watch the confidence grow in that individual because they know the the weight and the responsibility that comes with the firearm. Absolutely. And I just love the the confidence it's teaching these kids, but also the responsibility that they are ultimately you know, taking on when mm-hmm. they choose sport, which in today's climate, I think is really important.
1: Huge. So huge. So what I want to talk about next is you kind of touched on y'all's mission a little bit there at the beginning and, and how, how you've gotten involved with Pass It On, but kind of, kind of give us some history about passing On Outdoors. You know, how did it start? Who started it and kind of, you know, the direction that the company has gone.
2: Yeah. So historically, Outdoor Mentors got started in 2002, so mm-hmm. we're celebrating 20 years this year. So we've been really uh, excited about that, and, and you know, using that uh, that one liner as much as we can because 20 years as a nonprofit is no small feat. It's no. pretty pretty incredible. So in 2002, Mike Christiansen, our current program president and CEO, mm-hmm. um, kind of got our program started, and it was historically tied with organizations like Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yeah. The whole point there was how do we get more men out into big brothers big sisters to mentor these young men young boys on the waiting list cuz that yeah. was a big problem in the early 2000s. It wasn't super traditional for men to sign up with big brothers big sisters. <laughs> it's kind of changing, you know, in today's world and that's great. I'm all for it, but back then it was hard. So, Kansas had actually just introduced their first youth upland season a few years prior to O2.
1: Okay. And so
2: a bunch of great minds got together and said, "Hey, what better way to bring men into Mentoring young boys in, in a pheasant field, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they all got together, not really thinking or expecting, you know, are these kids going to like it? Are they going to have the stamina? Are they going to outwalk us through the fields? I mean, <laughs> what, what they didn't know what to expect. But, you know, they got there, and the learning curve again for some of these kids was just profound. You know, some of them showed up in flip flops, shorts, you know not prepared because they either didn't have the right equipment or a tire to wear, or they just had no idea what to yeah, wear. Right? Yeah. So it was just a huge learning curve and walked one field and these kids were exhausted. They'd never done anything <laughs> like this before, but all of them were like, okay, so when can we, when can we do that again? I, I like that. When can we go again? So Heck it kind of yeah. brainchild, right? Like, aha, like this is something that we could use to cultivate mentorship in the outdoors.
1: Yep.
2: So That's kind of where we got started. Okay. Um, you know, Mike was asked to lead this organization and, and start it. And he said, absolutely. Yes. And they, the first thing that they said was, okay, go fundraise for your salary and you can get going. <laughs> so oh, geez, right. That was a good introduction to the nonprofit world where <laughs> that's how it works. So, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and National Shooting Sports Foundation were actually two of our founding sponsors, so ah. I'm just giving them a quick plug because without them, I mean, it, it may be a different um, program you're you're talking to right now. So yeah, yeah, that, with their help, we got started.
1: Man, that's that's a pretty dang cool story. And you know, I'd always heard about what y'all do and everything, but I'd never actually, you know, dive dived into it. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was really cool what y'all did, but I've never learned about it till now. And so, you know, for the guy or girl that's listening to this right now, you know, we'll we'll get into a couple other things in a little bit, but how where can they find a sign up to help out with the program? You know, how can they sign up to help out with outdoor mentors? Like where do they go?
2: Yeah. So we have a great website, outdoormentors.org mm-hmm. Uh we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on uh Instagram, all outdoor mentors or pass it on outdoor mentors. Okay easy way to connect with us we're you know fairly small in size there's five full time employees with us right now um we cover all of Kansas and Iowa wow. and hopefully wow. to be expanding into other states okay. but you know what i always tell people is time talent treasure right mm-hmm. yeah if you want to try to give back you know we would love to take and welcome some of your time as a mentor um or as a landowner too quite honestly if you have land access and you're looking to steward that better you know we we're, we're, we're happy to chat with you about how that looks okay uh, yeah, your talents. Again, that kind of goes back to our, our mentors, to if you're a shooting sports coach, if you're involved in any type of outdoor recreation and have some type of skill set or insight to pass on, again, we, we'd we welcome that. But also, you know, um, your treasures. You can always donate. We are constantly, <coughs> constantly running raffles, hosting events, um, looking for corporate sponsors, you mm-hmm. name it. That's definitely something that we do full-time as well.
1: <laughs> now, y'all... Y'all don't just do things in Kansas only. Y'all kind of go around yep. the nation or?
2: Yeah. So, again, historically, we got started in Kansas and thought, man, this is great. Um, ran with the Big Brothers, Big Sisters programming for a long time right. until, I guess, backtrack here a bit. In 2018, we saw that there was a large increase in shooting sports going on. Oh, yeah. Across, not just Kansas, but, like, nationwide. I mean, Everywhere. It's just like, all of a sudden, like Mushroom. Like, everybody had a trap team everybody was shooting ski sporting plays became really busy again it's like well, yeah. what is going on here and we have the you know the usa clay target league and the scholastic clay target program and 4-h to all thank for that because the, the teams are just i mean rivaling uh football and baseball and basketball at the college, uh, the high school and college level because wow. kids are just enjoying it so much so Another little brainchild Mike Christensen had was, you know, how do we how do we expand our effort? Because we have a lot of opportunity. We surely can reach more kids. Yeah. Part of that was reaching this low hanging fruit, which are these kids shooting on shooting sports teams. They already have hunter education or some type of gun safety class. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're excellent shots. They practice more than probably I do. <laughs> more than the average Joe, I imagine. <laughs> And, and and thirdly, they just seem like a great candidate to segue into from shooting sports to hunting. So how do we bridge that gap? So we right. kind of tinkered our programming since 2018 to exactly that. And that's how we expanded into Iowa.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what I wanna what I wanna do next is I kind of want to talk to you about, you know, we we've dived in a little bit on the mission, you know, where people can go to check things out and how to sign up. What I wanna talk to you next is about, you know we We kind of talked to we we touched on this a little bit ago, you know you had your holy cow moment, you know mm-hmm. you, you saw that wow some of these kids don't even know what a cow is, but how have you seen doing what you do how have you seen this transform and impact some of these kids' lives like give it mm-hmm. give us a story or two like specific stories on some of these kids.
2: Yeah, there's so many, so, so many. I was asked to give a presentation not long ago and, and talk about some of this, so this is pretty fresh in my brain, but um, there's one gal, her, her name's Kanaya. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure she would not mind me sharing this, but she's been in our program since about the time I got involved as a volunteer, so since okay. 2013. and I was in the hunter ed class that she was taking, I was helping with it and, you know, kind of helping some of the kids along, answering some of the questions they might have, and she was one of them. Yeah cute gal like 11 years old i mean just tiny had no idea what the outdoors consisted of and so really i was fortunate enough to kind of walk through her hunting journey with her these these first few years of her Mm -hmm. experience so we went on a first pheasant hunt and again she's no bigger than a minute like tromping through these fields in north central kansas like it's tall thick grass and it was a Yeah, it was, you know, kind of like a controlled wild hunt. You know, there were wild birds, but we also, you know, seeded the field a little bit to make sure it was a successful event for all these kids. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I kid you not, she just did not have any luck getting through the field, could not figure out how to get her gun mounted fast enough. And that's just what it's all about, right? Yeah. So finally, she knocked her first rooster down. I mean, her smile was bigger than day. Just could not, could not be more proud of this bird she shot you know usually you tuck it into your pouch right mm-hmm. now that thing around like a football like <laughs> it off. i'm so so thrilled so excited and you know fast forward to um about 2020 it was it was yeah right before the pandemic hit uh we had a, a january antlerless season happen where in kansas you know you can shoot anything without without an antler so right. use a lot for doe management purposes so We go out to this landowner's place and he was generous enough to say, if she shoots one, go ahead. You can have, you can have a shot at one too. I was like, wow, thank you. Like, that's great. So can I and I are in the blind and it's windling down. The sun's going down. I'm like, okay, this is probably not looking very successful for either of us." one doe came wandering in and you know, I'm coaching her in the background and she's, she's harvested a deer before. So it's not her very first time, but still coaching her a little bit and she gets on that deer and makes a great shot. It runs about 50 yards, piles up right there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And she's like, okay. excited. We're celebrating. And then she's like, oh, you need to shoot one now. So she's like, here, trade me spots, trade me spots. <laughs> so I switch your spots in the blind, get the gun, reload it. And I'm like, well, there's like, I don't know, maybe five minutes left in shooting light. Like it's it's not likely, right? And yeah. I
1: mean,
2: I, I kid you not, tell God your plans, watch him laugh. This one doe came in from the other side, <laughs> <sighs> wandering in. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I got a little my heart started racing a little bit, got a little yeah, excited. Yeah, you started
1: getting excited.
2: Yeah, and all of a sudden I hear this little girl that I mentored from the age of eleven, now coaching me. <laughs> she was like, Hey, great, do you see it? Do you see it? Are you on it? Okay, her head's down. Oh, she's moving this way. If you if you can make a good shot, I think this is it. This is it. I mean <laughs> and I almost like didn't want to pull the trigger because it was just an incredible moment to yeah mentorship that like I'd been pouring into her for years now um come back at me and it was just so so incredible so I, I was able to you know squeeze the trigger <laughs> and, and make my shot and tell you what she was more excited about me shooting my deer than her shooting her deer and um she's just an incredible young girl and she's just really taught me too what it's like to be there for somebody else they mm-hmm. don't need perfect they don't need um everything to go to plan or this like extravagant event they just want a friend they just want they just want someone to be able to have community with and to see the outdoors change her um her confidence as you know an inner city kid it's again priceless it's it's there's not enough words to describe how incredible it is
1: all right so we're going to interrupt this podcast real quick for a quick word from our sponsors the hunt stand podcast is brought to you by lacrosse footwear innovating boots that endure with you through every adventure now and forever for the hunt stand podcast is also brought to you by Springfield Armory and Winchester. And finally the hunt stand podcast is brought to you by Yamaha and its full line of class defining adventure seeking motorcycles, ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. All right, y'all we're going to get back to this episode of the hunt stand podcast. Well, you know, with that's such an awesome story. And just like from just that experience that you two shared right there, That, in my opinion, is something that y'all too will never forget. She's probably always going to want to hunt with you from now on because, you know, it's you're never going to forget that. And you probably sparked a fire in her that is never going to go out.
2: Yeah. And that's my only hope. Right. Mm -hmm. And and likewise, and I would encourage anybody listening to this, like feeling like they maybe can't be a mentor because they don't have enough experience or expertise or can't do, you know. Everything on their own—that's mm-hmm. fine. Like, I still need guidance. I still need assistance in the outdoors, and we all know, do. <laughs> I, I can still make a difference. That means everybody can. And, yeah. and I think one thing that can I like again really showed me is that she just wants real. She wants authentic. She just wants someone to you know be able to text about boy problems or school trouble, but mm-hmm. also go hunting with. And I just think that's that's great.
1: Now, you you still keep in touch with her throughout? Yeah she excited for this deer season coming up, asking oh, yeah. if there's anything?
2: Yeah. yeah, she actually shoots on our, we started a local uh, shooting sports team um, uh, as uh, an effort to get more inner city kids out, mm-hmm. you know, in the greater Wichita area, which is where I'm from right now. Um, a lot of the public schools have not approved having shooting sports teams as part of their schools, leaving a lot of kids not able to shoot. And we just thought that was an incredible disservice to them. So mm-hmm. we said, oh, we'll start a scholastic clay target program team and it's almost run as like a rec league if you will so anybody can join for like 35 bucks um wow we've established some really great sponsorships with like savage arms and uh, ammunition, so we can cover the use of guns and the cost of ammo on those things so she's been shooting on our team and it's great because she's now kind of like a veteran in our program so she's now able to talk about you know like what we call mat your muzzle control keeping your action open keeping your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot and she's truly a leader in that and i anticipate her eventually graduating high school i'm sure she'll go to college but i I truly do see her coming back as like a mentor later in life with us
1: she yeah if she's i mean heck if she's coaching you to shoot through she she's gonna do that to everybody and she's gonna love to pass it on because i mean she's gonna have her own experiences and things that she's been through in life and she's gonna want to share that and do the same thing that, you know, you did for her. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And we're kind of starting to see that now too. I've been involved just long enough in the program. I'm seeing a lot of the younger kids that Mm -hmm. were a little bit older when I got started, come back as mentors and they're just confident and they love it. And like, I don't know, sometimes there can be like this weird thing of like, I don't really want to join like a kid program or, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's almost like a, like a charity, if you will. But that's not what our program's all about at all. Like yeah. it's true. Providing opportunity across the board. I don't care if you've been hunting 10 times or zero times. Like the point is that you get to go out on many different hunts with us and figure out what your passion is. And so it's great to have those kids come back as mentors now and know exactly what that's about. You know, they share their story like, oh, because of, you know, this program, I know I hate waterfowl hunting, but I love deer hunting. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever their, you know, their, their situation might be, they just are so firmly and confident in that.
1: And, you know, I love, I really love what y'all are doing. And, you know, I, I know there's other organizations and companies and people that are getting involved in doing this across the nation, but I feel like we don't have enough of it. And I want to see more. I want to see more of it because, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to get into it if your parents don't do it or, you know, you're, you you want to do it. It's It's just great what y'all are doing for the outdoors. So that way we continue to grow hunters, mentor hunters, and then they continue to do the same thing so we can continue to have these things. Mm -hmm. And so with everything that you've done with outdoor mentors, like what does all this mean to you? Like how special has this been Mm -hmm. for you?
2: Yeah. I, I always tell people it, it's the best job ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a job to me. It's, I mean, again, it's a privilege. It's a luxury that I get to steward what I think is really important to me, the outdoors and mentorship into, into one thing. Right. And that's yeah. my profession now it, to, to be able to know you're changing the future of the outdoors by mentoring one kid or 10 kids or however many you want to. I mean, it just makes me feel confident that is going to be a better place knowing that these kids know how to hunt they love how to hunt and they're they're, they're good with with firearms they're safe around firearms yeah
1: and seeing that and what you just said there's real big like my daughter uh she just turned two and i told my wife i said i'm going to teach her to not be afraid of guns but you need to learn to respect them yes and last weekend my dad and I were here in the office, we were mounting a couple of scopes on some of our older guns and she came in here and she's kind of looking and she knows I hunt, she's real familiar, like she sees deer, she hunt with dad and everything and she was kind of afraid of the gun at first, but then she came right up and start, she starts looking through it, putting her eye through the scope. And <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, it, her seeing her do that, it's like, all you right, right, you're, you're going to do something really, really cool with this one day, but...
2: Yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, there's so much more than, it's more than just tagging a deer. It's more than it is you know, bag limit. You know, it's, it's talking about what is conservation. Like mm-hmm. we say that a lot, but what is conservation? And, you know, when you turn 18 and you go to the voting polls, what are you voting for? Mm-hmm. And why are you voting? I, there's such a bigger picture there um, that we get to teach these kids.
1: Vote based on policy, not opinions. Yes. That's how I yes. like to put it.
2: Yes, or what you see on uh, Facebook, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: Facebook or whatever you see on social media. Vote based on yeah. policy, not opinions, even yeah. if they tend to tw- mean tweet. Like, look at the <laughs> policy, not the opinion.
2: Exactly, exactly. It,
1: it, talking about conservation, you know let, Let's talk a little bit about the partnership between HuntStand and Outdoor Mentors. like. You know, I know Brian Murphy on our team. He has been the executor of all of this and the head of all of that. But what, what does that meant to y'all to be able to partner with HuntStand?
2: Yeah, we love Brian. He's he's just one of my favorite guys. I mean, Hunt Stand too, you guys are phenomenal. And what I love about our partnership is mm-hmm. it, it's not enough just to take a kid hunting, right? Right. You have to show him or her the ropes. And part of that is giving them the tools they need. Mm-hmm. So We'll survey our kids, and we'll talk about some of the barriers they have, right? And it's not having confidence to to go on their own, right Not having anyone to go with and not knowing where to go. Three pretty big barriers, right? Big time, so I look at Huntstand and our partnership as just mm-hmm. an ultimate opportunity to to almost broker all three of those barriers, but for sure, two of them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not having anyone to go with. You can certainly connect with people through Huntstand but we can also cultivate mentor kid connections better by using apps right
1: yes exactly
2: <laughs> finding access that's a huge thing especially in Kansas I mean we're one percent public land here in Kansas that's rough to find some public land it's out there and we we utilize it but now we can show these kids how to utilize hunt stand even if they're on a preserve hunt
1: mm-hmm.
2: right go ahead and create your hunt location on hunt stand and share it with your buddies and you know share it with your family let them know where you're going yep. so I just Hunt stand is just an incredible tool that these kids are going to be able to use and put in their tool belt, you know, use as often as they want, go back and show their friends and brag about it. Yep. Ultimately that's what I hope they do because no, no greater tool than FOMO to get more kids outdoors. <laughs> I know.
1: Right. Man. I, yeah, I remember when I first started hunting, there, there was no phones. It was you were taking a magazine or a right. little like portable Yahtzee game or something like that in the stand with you. So it's, it's definitely evolved and the tools we have is pretty awesome. And I know we definitely love uh, partnering with groups like yourselves because of everything you do to put back Mm -hmm. into the industry and especially just with everything y'all are doing to cultivate and grow future Mm -hmm. hunters. So, you know, whenever
2: people in the industry i talk to them like you know we're serving your future clients <laughs> like without these kids really buying into the outdoors in whatever way hunting fishing sporting clays a boating you name it like mm-hmm. all is good to me but if we don't get them really invested into it we're all kind of in trouble
1: <laughs> yeah it's true because then we won't have any hunters left to sell things to.
2: exactly exactly <laughs> so we just got to
1: keep on keeping on well well britney I, I love getting to talk to you with everything um You know, again, if people want to sign up, they want to get involved, they want to help, they want to volunteer like you did before you started where you are now, they just go to your website, correct?
2: Yep. Outdoormentors.org. We do have a mentor with us tab or button, whichever you want to call it. Okay. Very simple application process. We're just collecting, you know, pretty brief information on each Mm -hmm. mentor that comes through. We do ask that each mentor completes a background check. Um, Some people get a little red flag about this, but I think, hey, that's just the way it is. We keep all parties safe. We like to know that our mentors feel good about mentoring kids in the outdoors and our parents feel good about sending their kids into the outdoors with our mentors. So that's just one thing we do to keep all parties safe and secure. And what we do from there is we get to know our mentors. We call them up and say, Will, you know, what are you into? What's your passion? How do you want to mentor? What can I call you on? uh morning weekends you know you name it we kind of know our mentors individually so we can make it successful for them too so we then kind of broker the rest of the opportunity for our mentors we find access we don't ask our mentors to come up with all the access because we know that's hard right Uh, and then we organize a sign up page on our website where kids can come through and sign up for it and we send out reminders the week before and the week of and then follow up the week after and make sure everything went good and share the stories of how it went and we we definitely like to take care of all of the heavy lifting when it comes to mentoring these kids in the outdoors sweet
1: yeah and that's that's good to hear that y'all do that with the background checks and everything because i'm sure that definitely puts parents minds at ease mm-hmm. knowing that you know y'all thoroughly vetted Who's going to be in a deer stand with them? Who's going to be out in the field with them, teaching them how to shoot these guns and everything. So that's definitely a good thing.
2: Yeah. And that's one thing too. We've even kind of taken a step farther to be a little, we're kind of really leaning into safety here, right?
1: You have to. It's
2: it's not enough to just send, you know, myself out with a young lady. I I don't think that's great. Right.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. We want a parent to go along. We want a parent or guardian in a deer stand, deer blind, turkey blind, anything where it's like a one-on-one situation Mm -hmm. never happens. There's always three people involved. And part of that, really a secondary impact to that is, yes, you're keeping everybody safe with three people. But secondly, these parents are getting really jazzed about seeing their kid hunt. (laughs) And turns out the parents have money. The parents are driving their kids. Kind of the lifeline for their kids for, for a certain period of time, right? So if we can get these parents really excited to see little Johnny shoot a deer or um, you know, a young lady shoot their first Turkey. I mean, what else do you need? If you have family buy-in game over, it doesn't get any better. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that.
1: Game over. Yeah. I definitely like that. You know, I know we're, we're going to be running out of time here in a little bit, but kind of, you know, any last things you'd like to say in, in, on outdoor mentors just in regards of in regard to like your mission the principal, anything you'd like for the listeners to hear make sure they know before today's podcast ends
2: yeah you know it, for anyone listening to us i just hope that our message is that we're getting kids outdoors we're getting them hunting fishing enjoying outdoor recreation and if you're a kiddo looking to get involved you know, the answer is always yes. You just have to have hunter education. So reach out to us. And if you're a mentor, again, I I really want to strongly echo, you don't have to know everything. Yeah. You don't have to have a wildly successful plan and event. You just have to show up. So keep that in mind when you're teetering on the idea. Do I have what it takes to be a mentor? The answer is yes. Just give it a try. And if you're out there and you have some land you want to steward or some of your money that you want to make a monetary donation with, or your corporate sponsor wanting to expand like what we did with, with Hunts you mm-hmm. know, we'd love to welcome the conversation.
1: Well, love to hear it, Brittany. And, you know, I really appreciate you just taking the time to hop on the podcast and talk about this today. Do y'all have any social media outlets or anywhere else other than your website that people can check y'all out at?
2: Yep. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, either Outdoor Mentors or Pass It On Outdoor Mentors.
1: Sweet. Well, Brittany, thanks again for your time today. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk again in the future.
2: Yeah, thanks, Will. Thanks for having us on. And thank you for your partnership with Understand. We're thankful for you guys.
1: Absolutely all right y'all there you go we just want to thank Brittany for her time today to talk about passing on outdoor mentors everything they do who she is her story and go down some rabbit holes but we just want to thank her for her time we really appreciate it britney we enjoyed talking with you today and so y'all we just want to thank you again for tuning into the hunt stand podcast and we'll see you on the next one